Yeah, uh, hip hop and jazz. Uh, yeah, yeah, hip hop and jazz. Jazz, hip-hop, bond-like fusion Slow grooving sounds that get the crowd moving So for your amusement, we come to play A little Kenny G, a little Miles D, a little Sade I get busy when I listen to this And relax when I hear Coltrane on sax In fact, I feel my loneliness with keys from Thelonious Monk anytime, day or night, week or month So don't try to front like it's something you don't want It's jazz music, y'all Yeah it's jazz I can music. this group here all night long Cause it makes me wanna move my feet uh. I really love my jazz When it's played with the hip-hop beat hip-hop and jazz. The rhythm's got me moving, uh. grooving what? All up yeah. in this what? song hip-hop and jazz. What? Add a little hip-hop play It makes me wanna listen to it all night Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Backyard Barbecue Podcast. I am your host, Eric Coolbreeze. Appreciate all of you who are tuned in and are tuning in the future. Appreciate all, everybody's input on the show. I've been getting quite a few inboxes and emails concerning the content and how you guys feel about it. And hey, I appreciate it all. Even if it's something that you don't like, you can tell me that too. I might listen, I might not, but you know, it's okay. Also, I want to, in the next coming weeks, as I told you all before, I'm going to be starting to have a few introductory classes on a platform that's called Mexi. You can see it there live on your screen right now. If you are familiar with crypto trading already, Traded Futures, you can click on my referral link. They will give you a few dollars. I think it might be five, somewhere between five and $20 for signing up under my referral code. And if you don't know anything about it, just a brief little overview, it's pretty much like stock trading, just a little bit better in my opinion. But if you let me know that you're interested, we can always get started with that. And I'll be letting you guys know, probably towards the mid-summer, I'll have some links with some introductory courses, give you a few tips and help you develop some strategies and get some money in your pocket. <clears throat> so today, got a guest, my boy Dion on. As you all already know, I always allow everybody to give their own introduction, even though he was acting like he didn't know how to introduce himself, but I sure ain't going to introduce him. There you go. Good afternoon. Nothing special about me. My name is Dion Owens. I grew up South Side of Chicago, 93rd in Aberdeen. Dibbled and dabbled in a lot of stuff coming up, but now I'm a railroad conductor. Been there 20 years. I'm just enjoying life. So it's like 20 years, man. I might have just been on y'all jobs that long. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I would have been, because I started where I am now when I was 16. So if I would have stayed there, like, yeah, I did some years. Exactly. But uh, I ain't started till I was 31 though. So it's time for me to sit down. So I didn't even know you was that old. Yeah. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> the game. Hey, I really didn't even realize you was that old until I was looking on your page to look at everybody's page. It's just the case. Fun age. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 31st and like 34. Oh, 34. Yeah. yeah, I was over here on my fingers and counting. I was like, okay, even if he was 12. <laughs> I was like 17 when he was born. He managed. Right. Doing my, what I thought was my thing back then. So as how was that? I mean, because I was, when I got married, I was 19, 19 going on 20. Yeah. And then I was, yeah, I was 19 going on 20. Then I was still 20 
when, when my son was born. And I remember on my 21st, like trying to get loose, like trying to find an argument, like, man, like get mad at me. We could, yeah. I could be gone for a couple of days. Like, so well, I wasn't gonna do the married thing. It was just at 16, you ain't thinking about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she comes in, she was pregnant. And the best thing about it is having good parents that, that helped me out. You know what I'm saying? And even after I left her, he was three years old. He came with me, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So it was kind of like a- So you raised him. Yeah. It was like a blessing though, cause I probably would have been out there real bad had I not had him. I was always raised to be a family man and wasn't gonna put my child in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So he balanced you out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up because I don't think mine balanced me out. I should have had him on here. I had just, I'm going, I am going to have him on here. It's going to be an interesting conversation, but I got to, it might be a part one and a part two to that conversation. Yeah. Because as much as I give you all advice and stuff, like I'm also real with man. Like I don't want anybody to be thinking that I'm just like y'all, everybody that's probably on here watching this probably already know me anyway. So y'all know I'm nobody saying or nothing like that, but even from the information that you hear, some of it is accurate, some of it isn't, but then a lot of stuff people just don't know, like, like the part of, they know the things about me, but right. not the parts of my children and what they went through right, in right. terms of me making bad decisions and yeah, you know, him, man. Yeah. them having to essentially pay for it. Right. And I'm going to have a, a, just an organic conversation just about that. Yeah. I mean, because. You'll be surprised how many people are out here that have the same type of problems as you. Yeah, no doubt. Or are going through things that you didn't went through already. And it be seeming like the end of the world when you be going through it. You be yeah. like, man, look, like it ain't like a lot of church people. One of my boys, Forrest, out in Atlanta, he used to, right before I got sentenced, Yeah, he was like, hey, man, petite, are you in the church, man? They, I don't tell you what they're going to tell you. Right. When you get ready to get that time, man, they're going to be like, hey, hold your head up. Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they told me, too. Yeah. And you don't be want to hear that. Right. It's like, the last thing you want to hear. Right. Bro, like, like now nah, if he loved me, I wouldn't even be in here. Like, so the the reality of your situation sometimes is just like overwhelming you right. you don't want to hear and you especially don't want to hear from somebody that has not gone through it i lost my mom and people used to be like oh the lord got a plan i first off your mama is down the street right so i don't even want to hear what you got to say right. about my mother because you got your mother here so you had the slightest clue of what i'm talking about just to think about people's other issues and their problems and what they be going through it's always not so much of a good thing that you didn't went through it but in a sense yeah mm -hmm. because everybody needs somebody to be able to relate to yeah you can bounce off of yeah yeah so what would you say was the hardest thing in terms of you being that young and having to raise, because how many kids you got? Three. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got one girl. Yeah, one girl. Two okay. boys, one girl. So, what was your challenges being a young father like that? Well, like I said, man, being seventeen with a child and being as involved as I was, it was rough because I definitely wanted to run the streets, and I was still at home with my mom and dad, and. They made me pay tuition because, you know, I, I kept them in private stuff all, throughout the time. And I tell my dad, yo, you gonna pay tuition for me or <laughs> right. this week, this month? He's like, no, you gotta get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or get up and fix some breakfast, you know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So it made you create a sense of responsibility and, you know what I'm saying? It just turned me into a man, you know what I'm saying? So they didn't make it no easier for you. The only easy part was my dad always told me, if you're doing something for yourself, I'll do anything for you. But if I don't see you nothing, you know what I'm saying? For yourself, I ain't got enough for you. You know what I'm saying? So and I that, can always- That's understandable. You know, I think most parents feel that way because, you know, your kids, they be thinking, man, right. you ain't trying to help me every time. It ain't that I don't want to help you. I don't want to help you with the shit that you trying to get me to help with. I want to help you with something that's going to help you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
Let me see Hell, if I right quick. Give me lighter. Oh. I know y'all want we we didn't smoke the other episodes because and some women smoke, but I don't think they were smoking. So this the fellas talk. So we got the as you can see the humidor and the smokes and so I'm here trying to have good candid conversation. All right. Well, you know, I didn't get into the so like I said, my son kept me from the game banging because I was just mm. getting into that when he was born and I was like no, somebody get to shooting at me and I got my son with me and all that. So right. he kept me from that. But then you always got to find something else to get into, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And that's where the trouble came in at. You know what I'm saying? Should I touch on that a little bit? You can yeah. touch on what, yeah. whatever. You so just, I, I had a pretty good setup. Like, I hired at the post office at 24 years old. Okay. Doing good, like I said. Taking care of my shorty, got him in private school. I think it was like 1997, one of my guys came to me. We had the job. He like, man, he had the Eddie Bauer bag. Right. And uh, he opened up the bag. The man had uh, 50 credit cards in there, man. And I wasn't I wasn't intrigued, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, man. But hanging out with him every day, and I'm giving him rides home and stuff like that, he threw me a couple of cards one day, you know what I'm saying? Like, these on me. And back then, these were American Express Platinums. They come already activated, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. They weren't asking for IDs or nothing like that, but... Like me, I was always afraid to play the stores. I never really went to the stores. So I would use those things in the neighborhood who had, they were functional. They ain't look really all that bad. Right. Go to the store and get me a big screen TV and a DVD players that just came out. So I was selling all the merchandise. That's what I was doing. I was selling the merchandise. And then I'd tell them, get yourself something. I was blessing them. Right. So one of them got caught. Mm. <laughs> and. Enough said. Yeah. Me. <laughs> He got me good, though, man. He got me good because me being affiliated, you know what I'm saying, he came to me saying, man, you know the good, man, his brother wanted to buy some cars from you. Of course. Sell some cars. A couple of weeks later, I sell some more cars. All the time, these are the postal inspectors. And when they came and got me, man, that was the worst, that was the worst day of my life, going down to that Dirksen Federal Building, man, and hitting them doors shut, man. But, again, it's a, it's a setup. I mean, a setback for a major comeback. I might have been making about $20 an hour at the time. I, and I took my case. I think I got when I got a job, about a year or so after that, I was like $8 an hour, man. And I, I did it with a smile on my face. I think when I left that, I was up to $11 an hour. But I got a call from one of my guys, one of my main guys who was actually on similar cases. He got caught up after me, you know what I'm saying? I had told mm -hmm. him to shut it down. They didn't want to shut it down. They got caught in the store trying to play cards. But he got a misdemeanor. One of them got a misdemeanor. And he wound up getting hired at the railroad. And he called me, man, I'm making $11 now. He said, man, the railroad hiring. I said, man, you know, I got this felony. All you guys are misdemeanor. He said, I know the dude hiring. I'm going to talk to him for you, this and that. I went, took the test. First, they like, if you got a felony, you might well get up and walk out. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, did he talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> right. I took the test, aced the test. Then I walked up afterwards. I said, man, I got a felony, man. He said, you so-and-so buddy, because I don't want to put my man's name out. He said, you right. so-and-so buddy? I said, yeah. He said, he told me about you. He said, are you only kind of parole or probation or anything? I said, yeah. I said, I got two and a half years left on my probation, right? He said, well, I can't push in the program. Hmm. I said, man, I said, well, just give me a month. Hold this spot for me. Just give me a month. He said, I just called me. So I went immediately and got with my attorney. I said, I need to get up back in front of the judge, man. I said, I've been a model citizen these two and a half years. I need him to drop these other two and a half. I got a job offer, man, at the railroad. Went before the judge. You know, this dude been a model citizen. This is the only case he ever had. You know what I'm saying? He got a major job offer. Can you drop those other two and a half years of probation? Stab me. And I've been blessed ever since. So I make almost triple what I was making then. You know what I'm saying? That's so, what's up, man. The main thing I tell these young cats is don't quit on yourself. Make these people say, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you got to make them work, make them do their job. Because I know when I was looking, and they used to ask me, they used to, when they asked, you got a felony, I felt like you got, you going to spend that money. Yeah. Ain't about to make it easy for you. Because if you a company, you got to spend the money to, get the software and whatever you need to do the background checks. I'm not about to give you me. 
<laughs> right, right. Put myself on the platter for you, yeah. Yeah, because I was coming from the same road. I came back to Chicago, and it was, I was staying with my cousin at one point in time. Yeah. I wasn't staying there. I was living in the van that I was doing, supposed to be working out of. And right. I had just started driving. They had sent me up to Bellingham, Washington up by Canada, yeah. all the way in the corner of Washington on the West Coast. Right. And for some reason, they come find me no lows. And I was just deadheading, meaning going without load from Bellingham all the way down to California. Right. Then California over to Oklahoma. When I got to Oklahoma, the dude was like, I said, man, I'm about to come on back home, man. I've been out here three, four weeks with no work. And he was like, well, you can't just drive out of the way back. I right, take that up to check. I said, do what you got. Right. And I just stayed on the grind after that until I, I wanted to get my CDL. Yeah. And then the doors was a bit more open for me after that. And even where I'm at now, I told them I had actually applied there about nine times before they had told me. Yeah. Because when I had left, like I, I was young. And for those of you who are young, when you leave these places, you got to leave with a little bit more grace because right. you just never know. Life, to me, always brings you back to the places that you done messed up at. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. if, you done, if you done messed over on somebody, don't think that some way, somehow, the universe ain't going to bring you back to that point for you to make that thing right. Right. And so... When I left from there, man, I left bogus. Like, I was a supervisor. I was telling everybody where they could put it. Right. And I'm on, I'm, I mean, I'm on the radio. Right. It's all type, but it's the morning shit. Right. right. So it's all kind of big bosses. They, I'm out by the guard shack talking this stuff. Oh, right? yeah. He's in <laughs> But I had to kind of eat crow, as the older people say. Man. Came back, had to write them a long, nice letter. And, hey. I'm a different person now. Yeah. But. Hey, they came and got me at work. <laughs> my supervisor say, oh, they won't see you in the office. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. I go to the office. My manager right here and the police right here say, you Dion on the CL. He said, turn around, put your hands back in the back. <laughs> I said, oh, well. So my boss, everybody loved me. So they were like, nah. Because they like to do that. They like to embarrass you. Yeah. They said, no, nah, walk them outside and then you can yeah. stuff them. You know what I'm saying? Because I was in a big facility. You know what I'm saying? Right. So... I get out to the Dirksen Federal Building, man, and the dude walk in who I was selling the cars to. Mm. Look, I said, oh, man. <laughs> he said, we watched you for three months. <laughs> you wasn't stealing the cars, so we need to know where you was getting them cars from. So, I, of course, I ain't telling. I said, the same dude that y'all used to set me up. That's who I was getting them from. No, you ain't get, you wasn't getting them from him. I said, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> then he, he put out the plastic, plastic bag with all the cars I had sold him. He said, you know anything about these? That, that was the, let me rewind it. That was the beginning. You know anything about these? I'm like, nah. He said, so your fingerprints wouldn't be on none of these cars? I said, I work for the post office. My fingerprints might be on them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? After they broke me down, that's when I was like, I, used, I the same dude who put y'all on me, he the mm -hmm. one I was getting the cars from. They wasn't going, but I'm not. That's all I got for you, bro. And uh, I, I pleaded not guilty until my lawyer called me about six months later, like, let's go downtown, man. And they put in a videotape. They showed me selling cars, shirt off, tattoos everywhere. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, guilty. I think that's I'm me. Guilty. Let me change my <laughs> plea, man. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got me. Yeah. <laughs> and that'd be crazy, too, how when you first start, you done got yourself in trouble. Then you get down to the station, you be adamant, like, man, y'all, uh, that ain't me. Then they start bringing you the stuff up there, you be like, man, yeah, dog, y'all got me. Even when they locked <laughs> me up that day, I was like, okay, the Fed's different. They didn't contact me for six months after they I got my bond that day. So I'm, they ain't contact me. I'm Now, I'm, they, they, ain't got no, they ain't got nothing on me, man. They just trying to scare me. Oh, they, yeah. if they come, they yeah. they 99% sure that right. they got you. <laughs> right. That man came in there with that videotape. I said, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Let me change that plea. But that's all I got to tell you. I ain't got nothing else to tell you. <laughs> man. And it's like the world is changing. A lot of uh, a friend of mine that I grew up with just saying that her son passed. 
Uh-huh. And it's just a lot of, the world's so different now. The rules, one, it, it ain't a lot of rules. Yeah, like, and it ain't no honor among thieves either. Right. And I, I really don't know at what point things started to turn, but, I mean, it's crazy, I know. It's, well, I'm going to say where it changed. Well, as far as the streets in Chicago, it's when they took the heads off the street, when they did those sweeps of the heads, because mm-hmm. now it's no, it's no structure. Right. Now you got everybody struggling they for power. Were the figures. Right, everybody renegades and struggling for power. So even to this day, we seeing remnants of that, man. These kids, they ain't no gangs, it's cliques. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a disciple, you ain't from my block. I don't care if you a stone, you ain't from my block. So they, everybody battling within themselves. Okay, man, you in a, win, a no-win situation, man. Yeah, that's true. So I'm about to do this little series, what I call the H-word. And I'm going, I'm just going to throw you out there, ask you what you think about it. This is something that I didn't ask him before. I didn't prep him for this. So he, <laughs> I'm kind of putting him on the spot with this. What do you think about the word humble? What I think about it? Yeah. In terms of what it means to you. And it's a must. It's okay. a must because if you are not humble, Life will humble you or like God will. Don't make him bring you to your knees. You know what I'm saying? Like I do all right. I got some things, some toys, but it means nothing to me. I can lose it all and I'm going to be fine with it. I'm going to be hurt, but I'm, I mean, I know who gave it to me. I know the reason I got it. If I got it, I can get it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to walk around with no big head. I ain't looking down on my nose at nobody or none of that. And anytime I get any kind of game or knowledge, I'm pushing it out to everybody I know. And if I don't know you and you want to know, I'm going to tell you about it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so humble, that's almost like a law with me. So I'll give everybody that's listening to this, I'll give y'all ample time to do a little research on this. But I got a lot, a lot of opinions about, about this particular word. I actually don't use the word. Yeah. I normally call it the H word. <laughs> it's almost like. But you definitely got to have confidence, though. You could be humble with confidence. That's true. Now, for me, so I grew up, like a lot of y'all know, I grew up as a Jehovah Witness. One of the things, when they come to your door, I don't care if they four or 94. Right. They got a script for you. Exactly. And they're going to have it together. Yeah. Like, very well-spoken, well-versed. Like, they they go to these meetings with objections. They ready for you. Right. And with that, I always knew how to, and I went to schools, I went to good schools for grade school and high school. And I remember growing up in grammar school, I went to Beasley. And one of the things that we had to do with our, oh, shout out to the Beasley Bees, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Girls on two, boys on four. When we used to have to do our spelling words, one of the things that one of my teachers used to make us do was to find the origin of particular words. Right. And so I've always been, when it's something, when I come across a word that I don't know, or, or I'm a little bit intrigued by it, or trying to do some more research on it, I automatically go to the origin of the word right. to find out where it came from, meaning the, even the exact oh, time. You're, you're old smart nigga. Hey. I, <laughs> Sometimes you got to be a little smarter in this world, right, you know, right, because right, no doubt, no things doubt. is a little tricky out here. Right. And so I don't want to, I, I ain't going to go too far into it because it's going to go into my segment. But for everybody that's out there, I want you guys to look at this series is going to be on the audio version that's on Pandora or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart Music Radio, Amazon Music. If you're just tuning in, I'm on all of those. I do two, no, I do three episodes on the audio only. They are 30 minutes, so I made them for you guys. It's on the go. You can listen to it when you go to work, till you get in the shower, to the time you get to work, 30 minutes. Hey, I'm in your ear, I'm gone. Right. And it's generally some good stuff. I think I had one rant about Walmart. They got a little mad at Walmart and them no self-checkouts. I feel like we, we out here working for free. But that's another topic. Y'all can listen to to that one if you want to. It's called uh, Walmart Please Pay Us. So <laughs> you might want to talk to your boy, uh, bruh man from the fifth floor. No, no, that was Tracy Morgan. 
They paid him. <laughs> hey, man, we, I mean, because we be out here doing a lot of work. But that humble goes, the H word, it goes to a few different topics for me. One of them, me and my boy, we was just talking about in regards to, I have a, what I call 20 to 1 thinking when it comes to what we were given as Blacks versus what the racial that actually exists. So he put me up on some game that I didn't know just recently, which was we was talking about taxes. So you buy, you go or you buy a piece of property right. and you buy the land. Now, anybody that owns any property, when you just got a piece of lot that's big enough just to put a house on, the tax is probably not that much. You might be paying $1,000 a year, if, if that, on a nice piece of land. So you buy the land, but then when you put the house on the land, then your taxes, they come out and say, oh, we're going to come by and assess, assess the house. And so now your taxes then went up because they say, this is a nice ass house you got here. Dude, can I touch on that one second? Mm -hmm. My taxes was about six grand two years ago. I put solar panels on the roof and I pulled me a oh, patio. Originated you? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why they got you. Solar right. panel ass. I pulled a patio right next to my deck. My taxes over eight grand now. And I'm like, you can't even do nothing nice for your house, man, without these people coming mm -hmm. and just they gotta have some money, man. All the time. Yeah. And it, it, it take me back to how we out of slavery, but we in slavery. Mm. I listened to Boyce Watkins. I was going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to Boyce Watkins. I don't know if you follow him. I listened to him. So he was talking about, he was watching Viola Davis, complaining about, of course, she's a great a actress, complaining about how she gets paid compared to white females and white males, whatever. So he was like, I understand what she's saying. But how are you going to complain in somebody else's house? Them Jews came over here and they created Hollywood for theirs. You better be glad we let you in. That's basically how they feel. You know what right. I'm saying? So stop complaining and let's create our own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was kind of where I was headed with that is that it was so much that was taken from us. And we got to a place where we was just content with what, because for 400 plus years, we didn't have nothing. Yeah. And so to get a job where you gonna pay us and then give us some benefits to, for our family, it was like, oh, that was the dream. So everybody migrated to the Midwest from the South because right. there was factory jobs. Yeah, steel and, mills and all that. Yeah, and first it was jobs and we was just thankful for the jobs. We were standing in the projects. So what is 500 other people in here with us? We here, they paying us, we ain't, we're still not enslaved because again, I've said this a few times on this show, we're not that far removed from slavery. When you think about slavery and where we are in terms of generations, there's not that many generations behind. Yeah. Like we, that's why we still feel the hit from it because it's just right around the corner. You. If you got some, for those people that got you a fourth generation, hey, that great grandma that you, that her parents or his parents, they, they were slaves. Yeah. They, or they came right after, right. was born right after slavery had stopped. Yeah. But so a lot of the mentality and stuff is still there because if you still have people that are from that generation that are influential, then some of those thinking patterns still exist. But it's like the baby boomer generation. Like when I was growing up, my father, he didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. Right. So it was that part. Get a job. Well, get a job with some benefits. I remember I was working at ComEd and I had quit. Boy, that's thought it was the holocaust. Even <laughs> today, we have those, the slave mentality. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, our parents didn't know because I teach my kids now. Be your own boss, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you making somebody else rich, you would never be rich. I just called my buddy, I'm going to shout him out the other day and gave him his flowers. His name is Dave Northington, styled by Dave. He around the city, dressing everybody, he got his own boutique and everything. But he came to the railroad, we went to high school together. He got hired out on the railroad about 2006, I believe he came over there. And I'm like, man, congratulations, you know what I'm saying? 
you got hired and this and that. But Dave, his mindset was like, I don't like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he always liked to dress and everything. So he quit and started styling people, working for somebody else at first, you know what I'm saying, before he got his own thing going. And now he's booming. You'll see him on TV with Val Warner and all mm -hmm. them. Everybody, the tools of Chicago. And most of the black men would hate, you know what I'm saying? I called the man. I said, man, I got to get your flowers. Because when you left the railroad, I said, this dude, you going to give up this benefits, man? Everybody man, thought it was the worst right. decision in the world. You crazy. Yeah, man, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Man, he it's had a, a vision. Yeah, because that's what we were taught. Go to school. Like, I never told my kids college is a must. You know what I'm saying? I know people sitting at home with degrees. You know what I'm saying? I know people who got degrees and they working and I'm making more than them. You know what I'm saying? I got a high school diploma. No big ass and little use, but school ain't it for everybody. You know, the people yeah. don't, you know what I'm saying? If you in a field that's booming, you know what I'm saying? By the time you get through with your schooling, it might not even be booming no more. You know what, mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So we got to create our own wealth. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm not satisfied with just the railroad. That's why me and you were talking, we dibbling and, and dabbling in other things, even though we make good money. Yeah. Because that's not going to get us where we need to be. Yeah, it's always going to be a cap because, right. see, whatever company you work for, the most lucrative Fortune 500 companies, every year they write it out of the budget. Right. So they already know how much, especially right. those of us who work union jobs, like, right. there's already a cap coming in the door. Every four years or every five years, whatever your contract is, it's a cap on how much they're going right. to pay. And so they, they're operating above the cap. They're going to make you do as much work because although union jobs are good and by by all means, please don't take this conversation to mean that you shouldn't go get the job. If you ain't got no job, take your ass out there and get a job. Right, right. You know, no doubt. I'm not saying no. don't work. That's your stepping stone you know, right. to, to greatness. Yeah, I'm not telling you not to work. For some of us, a job is a means to an end. And for some of us, that's what, if you're content with where you at, stay where you at. I'm not telling anybody to leave their job. I'm not going to take care of you if you come. And yeah. reference this show that you told you me. said, <laughs> hey, you if you when you if you was broke before you came and found me, you're gonna be broke after you. <laughs> um, I was hoping I can get a few dollars when I got hey, out of here, man. Hey, no, you mean I'll, I ain't getting paid for this? I'm gonna tell your ass. <laughs> take one of them, them damn solar panels off and tell them. Hey, that dude that had them cars, he gonna you better send his ass out there on the <laughs> We got in, into a mentality. So going back to the real estate thing, yeah, he was telling me that he had some family members in the South that got these million-dollar trailer homes. Right. And I'm like, million-dollar trailer? I mean, I've seen some expensive ones because I'm interested in getting me one, but I didn't know that they had any that was of that. Yeah, I didn't know either. That amount. So I'm like, man. And I looked it up and... Man, they was decked out. Oh, like, yeah. Man. Yeah. Now, here's the catcher. When they put that, when they put those on that slab on that land, guess what? Guess how much tax did you pay on that? How much? None. Because it ain't. Because it's a car. Right. So if you got cars sitting on the lot, empty lot, can't talk, you can't. Can't assess the car. Right. The car is gonna move. Right. And that's why a lot of people in the South do that. Yeah. Yeah. So as I began to think about it, I said, well, <laughs> I know they ain't gonna do this, but I'm like, I, I wanna get the slab of land and then everything that I need to build this million dollar house, I'm gonna put on the slab. And then I want to call you. Come assess this shit right now. This is all the stuff, all the, every brick that I'm going to make to build the house, every window, every piece of PVC, every piece of copper that I'm going to use is right here. Assess it now. You think they're going to go for that? No. Not right. <laughs> but why won't you? Right. Because this is the house right here. Yeah. Why I got to wait? Why you got to see? They want to wait for the stationary. Yeah. Why you want to see me? And my glory, in a sense, after the house is built, so you can put a price on how much this house is worth. No, it's worth the materials that's right here on the slab right now. Right. 
But, you know, that's another part of the game. But I said that to say, in terms of the taxes, that that's something that we didn't know about. Right. Because, hey, I just found out, and I, I'm no real estate guru, but I try to do my due diligence on learning different things about some of everything. But right. I never knew that. Right. Now, that's something to think about because a few years ago, I was thinking about building a container home. Right. I mean, we talked about that. Yeah. And it's a, it's a smoke shop. Yeah. yeah. And so same rules apply. It's stationary. I can move this. And so your taxes is not taxable in a sense. When we came over here and they gave us these jobs and then they told us that, okay, you can qualify. We'll teach you how to get you a house. So now the house was the best thing. Like we ain't standing the projects no more. We got a house. And some of these houses out here been passed on a couple of generations because right. Hey, big mama had this house. Mm -hmm. Granddaddy worked his, at the steel mill for this house all this time. But it still was a 20 to 1 on the game. Right. They gave us 1% of the game and they kept 20. I know. No because doubt. instead of telling us, and you got to, on this show, I, the only thing that I ask of you all is to really be, because I'm going to throw a lot of shit out here that's going to, probably make some of y'all mad, especially some of you devout Christians. I don't have anything against Christians, but sometimes you got to really think about what it is that you've been taught and conditioned to think. Man. Yeah. Because what you've been taught and conditioned to think is not what's reality. Yeah. Even down to religion. I'm not the most religious person. I'm a spiritual right. person. That's what it is. But the, but what we've been taught to believe, I don't drop this. I, don't, I ain't gonna drop too much into it because I'll get really deep into it later. But how do you think that they had got all those people to be slaves? Religion, because you have to have some type of hope that this shit is gonna end. But you were so blinded that you didn't realize that the oppressor was the one that was giving it to you. And he preaching to you on Sundays. Yeah. Because why else would there be Bible scripture that says slaves be obedient to your master? That's a deep one. <laughs> I done touched on that a few times. And according to what someone told me, that meant if you owed a debt, the slave meant like you owed a debt. They didn't mean like enslaved. That mean like, let's say you owe me some money and you ain't have it. You, you need to work that off. You know what I'm saying? See, I'm Like I said, I got raised in religion. So right. I'm, I know that book back and forth. Right. For everything, there's everything, meaning there's scripture that pertains to that. Say, pay Caesar's things to Caesar's. That's pay your debts. Right, right, right. Pay your brother back. That's paying your debt. But slaves be obedient to your masters. Is that's the main one they took. Yeah, that's so, something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, hey, it's a whole lot of stuff. I'd be like, because I don't call myself a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I am a follower of God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Religion starts wars, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you get into a conversation about religion with somebody who's of a different faith, y'all be almost ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? Whereas we can just say, man. God is the ultimate, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever you want to call him, you no, know, yeah. he's the ultimate. You know what I'm saying? We all living day by day to be more like him, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't get off into all that, you know what I'm saying? I even go to church. I go to church. I go to mosque. I go wherever I want to go to get the truth. What's for me is mm -hmm. for me. I spit the rest out. Yeah. See, because for me, I give this example every time to everybody I talk to about this topic. If you're listening from another region, we're in Chicago or the outskirts of Chicago. Oh, shit. What's my Disconnect, y'all. In downtown Chicago, me, thousands of restaurants. Right. I mean, and if you ain't, if you ain't ate in Chicago, then you ain't even eating. You dig? I'll tell you that right now. That's real. <laughs> I just had an argument with somebody about that. Man, I've been, almost, been <laughs> almost all over the world, man. Come home, that's where it's at. <laughs> you ain't never. Right. Anybody that has stayed in Chicago 
or been born and raised in Chicago and you moved, yeah. you ain't never been nowhere where you could get some food that was light back home. Yeah. Not ever. So me, you, three other people hop in the car right now. And we say, hey, what we gonna eat? First question, well, where we going? Well, we about to go down our time. Oh man, shit. No, I could go for some of this. Right. Now nah, I don't want that. All right, bet what you want. Right. It might take a good hour or two before we actually decide on something that we want to eat between five people. No doubt. That's real. I've been there. And that's just food. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna use throw this in here. We talking about five men. We got women. That conversation could expand longer than that. You might have to, you got a pre-plan with women. Hey, we gonna, we trying to go here next month. Right. <laughs> well, well, that's it, you, uh, you pick something. As soon as you pick it. Yeah, uh, no, nah, I want that. Right. So if it would take five people and even just me and you an hour, maybe, to discuss what we want to eat. Right. Then, in all of the infinite greatness of intelligence of a creator being out there, it's hard for me to phantom that they would want us to be able to pick out of all the religions because it's over 4,000 religions on Earth, not in the United States on Earth. Right. It's over 4,000 religions. Right. So, for us to pick one with the brain that we have, and we're only using 10%. Even if you're the smart motherfucker that's the genius, you're only using 12. Right. So with your 10%, I know some people that ain't using the 10, but like seven. So at 10%, for you to be able to pick one religion and say, that's the one. Like we, we don't do enough homework to find out. You ain't, you, right. You ain't studied all of them. Because one key objective to this is that who's the person that you trust the most from time that you grew up? My mom. And who she trusts the most? You talking about right now? Well, during her life. Yeah, her mama. Right. And so, big mama taught mama, mama taught me. Right. And your daddy can tell you a lot of things, and we know this is being fathers. Right, right. But what mama say is go. Yeah. Because you could tell your boy, like, hey, like, he'd be like, all right. Then next thing you know, the mama come, yeah, he asked me. Hey, right. like, I just told him that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mama word is bond, it's gold. Yeah. And so once your mama told you to go to church, because this is what's real, that's what you went with. No questions asked. Yeah. A lot of us don't even know why we believe in the things that we believe in. We were conditioned to believe in them by generations that we never even met before sometimes and never did the real intense research to find out what's what. A little piggyback on that. I grew up in a church. My mom and dad were uh, Methodists. I'm talking about 80% of the church was our family, you know what I'm saying? So when I got older, I ventured out and started visiting other church or churches, and I found a particular church that I like, right? But growing up with my mom and them in that church, I almost felt guilty leaving it, you know what I'm saying? Even though I know I wasn't getting fed, you know what I'm saying? I, it was dead to me, you know what I'm saying? You and I went, that was right, the place you needed right. to be. I did it, but it was like, my mama going to think, you know what I'm saying? Why you ain't going to our church? You know what I'm saying? And you'll submit to that. Right. You'll submit right. to that, yeah. that time period until right. you develop some type of thinking that say, okay, yeah. I'm just going to have to. Yeah. And that's how I feel the same way about that, though. Because I tell them, I say, well, people <laughs> talk about Muslims, like, the same way you feel like this is the be all and end all, they feel the same way because we were all raised in the religions we in for the most part unless you grow up and you venture out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard, I've sat in mosques sometimes and be like, man, I would be a Muslim but this, I would be a Muslim but that. I done went to uh, Hebrew Israelites. 
I like the way they think and all that. So you can get a little bit of that and feel like I might be connected to this in any of them religions, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's why I say I'm not claiming a religion. I'm claiming to be a follower of the Most High, like God or whatever you want to call him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because at the end of the day, why do religions exist? Keep people in check. And I say, mm-mm, this ain't, right, know, right. this ain't no for sure answer, but in my educated thinking, and if you think about it, religions exist because we really don't know where we going after this. Because if you knew for sure that, because let's just keep it all the way 100. Let's take out the emotional part of the religious <laughs> part right, that right. everybody knows. Who do you know that went to hell and who do you know that went to heaven? Right. Don't nobody know. Right. That's real. But if you knew for sure that everybody was going to heaven, would you still treat people or would you still do the good deeds that you do? Right. Because right. that's the reward that you've been taught. Mind you, let's go back five, six hundred years to slavery. There was a reward that they were taught that if you kept yeah, doing you gotta, all this stuff you that wait we, till you die to get it. Yeah. If you keep doing all this, Jesus gonna, yeah. gonna bless you. Yeah. My theory on that is, and I do believe in God, I do believe in Jesus. My my theory was God sent Jesus to be our perfect example. A lot of people pray to Jesus and do, I don't believe in that, you know what I'm saying? Because he said, why call me good? No, no one good but my father, you know what I'm saying? Even though he was a perfect man, but he recognized that he was sent from somebody else, you know what I'm saying? Right. So my thing is following the example of Jesus or how to treat people, how to forgive people and all that, you know what I'm saying? That's good if everybody did that, you know what I'm saying? Like the dude that hits you in your jaw, he ain't thinking about I should have did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't, that, that wasn't Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's a time for everything. You know, mm-hmm. even the Bible says that. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a time. I mean, you shot at me, I might have to kill yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know a lot of people don't feel like that, but that's the reality of it, man. Like, you got to stop being so heavenly bound that you're not no earthly good. You know right. So, See, I believe in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I believe that out of everything, because I have this theory about, again, it goes to the 20 to the 1 ratio. Y'all can't see it, but I got a map up on the wall and of the world. And so when we got taken from where we were and brought over here, for one, we wasn't, Christianity has a, um, has a beginning date. You could trace it back to a beginning time. And where we were in Africa, there was no Christianity. Ain't Christians what they called the people that was with Jesus when, I forgot what it was, when they arrested him or it was somewhere else. It was like a derogatory name that his enemies called the people that was following him. You know what I'm saying? And then I guess people just took that on. You know what I'm saying? But uh, like I said, I don't claim religion, you know what I'm saying? See, this is my, and again, this is just personal thoughts. Yeah, I ain't got to listen to nothing that I'm saying, but if you give it a little bit of thought. So let's just say that you hit a treasure map and, or better yet, I'll use the example of, because you, you do stocks and stuff. So let's just say that I have a strategy. You have a strategy and the strategy works 98% of the time. Right. You, every stock you invest in, boom, 98%. You're going to get a return. So you have, you you have figured this thing out and it has worked for you your entire life, passing on to your kids because you got it from your people. So you keep passing on and not only do you pass it on to your kids, but you also pass it along to your friends. Like you said earlier, hey, if you come across something, you're trying to put everybody on. Right. So this has been working. You on this little, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, 
where we stay at is just as big as this table. So everybody that's in this region is rich right. in a sense. Right. Because we all share the wealth. And nobody's stealing from anybody because everybody knows how to get it. Right. Right? Right. And so somebody comes over and this nigga got his phone ringing on my shit. <laughs> Make sure they ain't 911. Make sure they ain't no 911. So you got somebody that comes over from a foreign land, from this region. Right. And they see how you live and they like, man, they living pretty good. We ain't. We over here, we ain't taking no shower when we, like, they, they living carefree. Right. Which was what was existing right. in the motherland, in a sense, before when the white man came over, right? Mm -hmm. And so we was never stingy, even right. to this day. So you gotta, you, one thing that holds true all the time is energy and DNA. So, it's embedded in our DNA. As much as we try not to be, we're still giving people. Like, we have to make ourselves be stingy and selfish. Right. The crab mentality is something that we have to make ourselves do mm -hmm. because we're really not built like that. Right. Most black people, when you see them, they'll... I've been told I give so much, man, and but I get blessed for giving. You know what I'm saying? But you also wasn't really... That's something that you might have been taught the reason why, but it was already in you too. Yeah, yeah. So we gave them our secrets, right? Mm -hmm. To how we was making it. They took the secrets. Yeah. Now, let's say we were the gatekeepers of the secret because we was the oldest ones in the tribe at the time. Right. So there's no need for no old slaves. We gonna kill them. Not only did we kill them in, in body, but we also killed them and and work, so to speak, because now that we've killed what they had after they told us mm -hmm. what how they was getting all these riches, then now they're no longer able to tell the other ones. Now, the ones that do know, we're going to separate everybody from everybody, so there's nobody will be able to tell all each these other. generations. Right. Right, right, get worse. And so now that we've got the secret, we'll give them just a little bit at a time. And my mother used to always tell me it's a little bit of truth in every lie. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So you think about all the things that we were, that we were taught, things that just like right now, everybody has started getting on like meditate. That was stuff that they was doing back then before slavery because that was one of the keys to them having the wealth that they had. Right. But we got away from it because they embedded in our subconscious that when you get up, it's time to work. So now when we get up, it's time to work. Right. That's a, when you really just break, I mean, the conversation is, it's endless, I, I, yeah, I can't even, we can't even have an hour conversation right. about this because it's so much bigger. Like, I touch on that even with the male-female relationships, you know what I'm saying? God told man to be fruitful and multiply. You thought he only had Eve that he was multiplying with? Hey, I got. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And now you living in the, me too and everything. Women want to say they can do what men do. You want built to do what men do. No. You know what I'm saying? No. And, that, and that's not a cop out to say men do what they want to do. But if I'm if I'm a wealthy man and I can take care of two or three families, why shouldn't that lady have a man who raised her kids also? You know what I'm saying? Monogamy wasn't really... That um, wasn't our, our style. No. Because, and I was just having this conversation yesterday too, if monogamy was intended for a man, then none of us would be here. Right. That's what I'm because saying. Because if Adam could only sleep with Eve, <laughs> right. then who else? Because you got to, I mean, as much as people don't want to think about it like this, you got to think of how creation started. If it started from one man, because we wasn't taught that 10,000 people dropped into the, on the earth and then they started right. multiplying from that. We talking about two people, one man, one woman. Right. So that means that the man was sleeping with the daughter, the nieces, the granddaughters. Right. And there's also nowhere to say that after he was given, see, because once you're given, when you're at work and you're given an assignment to do, you're given that assignment to do and you know when the end date is to that assignment. 
Right. Meaning that your boss say, hey, you take this train down here, you're going to do boom, and then when you get done doing that, then that's the end of your day. Right. Adam was given the assignment to be fruitful and become many. When and where in the Bible did it say that he was told to stop? Right. Right. Or what does it say? Eve, I want you to... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, people just got, it's logic. It's common. It's just, it's logical. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like, like I listened to Dr. Shirah, Shahrazad Ali, and she was a woman from our era, and she was telling them, like, y'all wasn't jealous. Women, black women didn't have that jealousy when we was in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like basically an honor for you to have a, another woman and you help raising her kids and all that because, they knew the assignment. You know what I'm saying? You come over here and you get your whole mindset changed. Now you want to leave your husband because he had a baby outside. So now your child ain't getting raised with a daddy in the house. Now he gang banging and doing it because you threw him away over something like that. You know what I'm saying? And they understood that the assignment was bigger. It was right. It, was, it wasn't about. See, what we deal with now is a lot of emotions, even with our kids. Like everything is emotional. Like, Oh, I felt like this. Like, you know, what you mean you felt? Like, <laughs> I'm not here for your feelings. I'm here for to teach you, like, what's right. what. Right. You know, I ain't your friend. Yeah, your feelings is irrelevant to the situation. If that's the case, hey, I feel like I should be getting paid more, right. but that ain't what's on the agenda right, right. now. Right. Just, I deal with reality at the right. end of the day. And so feelings got involved because, again, you go back to the origin, and I ain't going to keep you out here too long. Go back to the origin of when marriages existed. Marriages started existing because of the Catholic Church. They didn't have any money. Dude, dude I told somebody that yesterday. I said, so we want to talk about marriage. So you think back in the days when Jesus was on the earth, they had a piece of paper you signed to, to say, are right, you married to this woman? If y'all had sex, y'all was married. You know what I'm saying? Like, now... Marriage, for the most part, to me, the way they got it set up, not saying that marriage is a bad thing at all, you guys, don't get me wrong. It's set up for whoever got the money to fail. Because whenever that person yeah. won't out, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, that's why a lot of people don't want to get married today. You know what I'm saying? It's just almost like set up because people changing their mind. People don't have a sense of commitment or any of that. But I don't got no problem with two people telling me they living together. They got some good life insurance on each other and they ain't got that piece of paper to, you know what I'm saying? You ain't losing if that person want to leave. Yeah. And it's just so much deeper than what we see it on the surface as now. Like, we we use certain terms and certain lingo. Like, in the last five to ten years, you hear the men, hey, how you doing, queen? But to actually live in what that time period when they were calling, hey, king, hey, queen, all of what actually went with that, like, we so far from that. And we probably would never in our lifetime see things get back to that point. But there are just certain pivotal things that even without us having deep conversation about, we just need to, like, just really examine what it is that we be thinking and why we think that way. It's just so many people don't even know why they think the way that they think. When you hear people talk, they say, and my mama raised me to say, right, right. but what did you learn about that? Study to show yourself approved. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, this is a good conversation. I, I, some, certain topics I could talk about for yeah. forever. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to have a few series about this. I appreciate you coming out for the conversation. For having me, man. And get you back out here in the near future. Chop it up on some more topics. No doubt. Uh, for all you all that's out there that listen, appreciate you tuning in. And if you caught the tail end or the middle part of it, this podcast airs every week, every Sunday. Bring you guys a new guest. I am listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio Music, Amazon Music, all your major podcast streaming networks. You can find me at the Backyard Barbecue Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can reach me, coolbreeze at Backyard Barbecue Podcast, and that's spelled out 
you in the, in the entirety of the whole word. So that's cool breeze at backyardbarbecuepodcast.com. Until next week, or for some of you, until tomorrow, they tune in. I've, well, this episode will be up tomorrow in the audio version if you didn't catch it on here. So until then, hey, y'all be good to each other. See you later. Was it good?